Welcome to Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Saventi. Yes, we're on, we're live. Yo. Good morning, good evening. <laughs> Hi, Craig. Hi, Mike. Welcome, audience. Uh, this is a podcast called Verging on Greatness, where me, Mike, and my friend Craig talk about movies that are not quite great. They feel like they're great. They feel like if you walk, you're through the movie and everything's feeling all right, but then you walk out and something just didn't quite land. Something was a little bit off. And we try and figure out what that was. What should the makers have done differently to make that a great movie? Occasionally we land on movies that are actually, there's nothing wrong with them. They are just great. They're pretty good to start. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, they're not double taking pigeon great, but they're pretty no, good. No, there's, oh man, you, you know, you can only have, you can't just keep reusing that in every, in every movie, you know, it's you just. Or, or every take of the intro that we do. <laughs> <laughs> this is our third go at starting this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good luck. Um, Here we go. We're on point. So today we're doing, so today we're doing uh, Never Say Never Again, uh, Bond movie from 1983. Today it's also it's the morning for me and it's the evening for Craig. So I'm in the coffee. He's on the hardest stuff. I'm allowed to drink. Uh, if, yeah, so if, I'm allowed. If to Craig's drink. a little shoutier than usual, uh, that's why. That's because I've had some alcohol. Because <laughs> Craig's on the sauce. <laughs> uh, so never say never again. Oh, so uh, I should say as well, Bond movies. So Craig's um, well versed and. We're, we're sticking <laughs> i have seen all the bond films. we're sticking to our usual dynamic in, in that sense and that craig is really well versed in the movies that we're talking about and me not so much um so i've i've seen a handful of of, of bond movies uh you know a couple of the conneries uh, a couple of the brosnans one of the craigs i've never seen a, a moore or a a, a, a lazenby the, the single george lazenby yeah yeah um, yeah, or a Dalton. Or a Have Dalton. you seen a Timothy no, I've Dalton? Never watched a Dalton. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, my my favorite ones are the odd ones out. So I I really like the Lazenby um, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Right. I really like the two Timothy Dalton ones, and it should come as no surprise. I actually quite like this one. Never say never. Y- yeah, yeah. So this is an odd one out, right? Yeah, this is very odd. Yeah. It's a it's effectively a remake of Thunderball. If you've seen the original Thunderball, um, the Kevin McClory, the writer producer of this film, uh, wrote Thunderball, and uh, he sued um, Eon Productions and Chubby Bricoli, um to make his own Bond film. And in the late seventies, early eighties, he won, and uh, MGM were all too happy to come along and fund mm. a competitor bond film in 1983 at the showdown of the bonds in the cinema where you had a uh, roger moore uh, led octopussy uh, in cinemas at roughly the same time as you had uh, a sean a return um, for sean connery who hadn't been in a bond film since the early 70s i think um, diamonds are forever was his last so you had bond you had sean connery back as bond and you had roger moore in cinemas at roughly the same and time. And hence, hence the, the title of this movie, right? That's uh... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the big joke is, is uh, allegedly the title comes from uh, Sean Connery told his wife that he would never do a Bond film again. And, and she said, never say never um, again. And hence the title of this film, because he said he would never do it again. And here we are talking about it. So Yeah, and they throw it out. They throw it out at the end. It's the last little... It's the last little kind of as he as he as he 
as he breaks the fourth wall and, and barrels the camera. Uh, and winks. <laughs> does, is, he, is there a wink? Does he even wink? I'm sure oh, it, feels, it, feels it feels like, like a there's wink. a wink. Yeah. <laughs> It feels uh, like a wink. As Sean Connery leers at the camera in a way that says, I want to bed you in a Scottish yeah. accent. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there's a mm. never say never. So he's insisting that, that he's retired at the end. Uh, mm. And then... And then yeah, and but, indeed. But it's, left, indeed. It's, it's, it's like a, a question mark comes up on the on the screen, effectively. Oh, just about. It may as well be screaming. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie actually made... This act, this movie didn't actually make as much money as um, the Octopussy did. Really, it, uh, I looked this up. So yeah, it actually lost in the box office showdown. This lost to the Roger Moore film. So Roger Moore. Um, so that this is eighty three in eighty three dollars. This movie made effectively fifty five million dollars at the domestic box office in the U S. And um, Octopussy made sixty seven million. Mm. I guess at the time I can like I can see at the time how it would have seemed like uh you know never say never again was kind of like you, you can look back now and you can go well Sean Connery was the first and is and remains the definitive James Bond but at the time I can see how it might have looked like he bringing him back was a bit of a gimmick and he was uh a bit old and a bit out of shape and um was 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 potentially not going to work. He's looking pretty good for fifty two. No, I'm saying, in, in terms of the public perception, I mean, they still perhaps, they, yeah, they they sell them as it, it works on on screen. But I'm talking about actually, if you're deciding, yeah. if you're looking at your, if you're looking at the newspaper and you're going, which one should we see? I can see why I can see why Never Say Never Again might might have looked like not as reliable a bet as Octopussy. I think I think by the time um, by the time this movie came out in '83, like the the Bond films had become such a monumentally huge franchise. I mean, they were definitely huge into product placement. Um, I think Moonraker famously had like a full-on shot of a billboard for a cigarette manufacturer, like more cigarettes or something oh, really? like that. Like they were. Yeah, and a villain is literally hanging ass out of this billboard, and there's, it's like you know, get more go with more cigarettes, or like it's a big company slogan right. thing. And yeah, by that point, these movies were so huge. Um, so I think I think the Roger Moore films by this point were such a box office draw um, that yeah, I can't see them competing on the same level of like brand awareness because they, even though it's a Bond film, it doesn't present like a Bond film. The original poster doesn't look like a Bond film. Um, the whole thing mm. doesn't. It's it's only when you get into it, it's like, oh, this is a James Bond film, mm. um, and it doesn't even it doesn't even really stick to the same tropes in the same way. Probably why I mm. like it. But is um, he? Yeah. Uh, Connery's actually younger than Moore, anyway, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was two years younger than Roger Moore. Yeah, and he stopped playing Bond effectively, in, in his own words, because it became less about the character and more about the gadgets um and he felt that he was too old to play bond and he he was using um a toupee mm. from way back when they did dr no and he's he's definitely wearing a toupee in this because if you see interviews contemporary interviews from 1983 he looks like grandpa mm. he, he really he's got he's got basically no hair it's very gray he's got a silly little mustache 
he's talking with a Scottish accent about how hitting women is fine if in the right circumstances. And yeah, he's he's really coming across as a bit of a villain. Yeah, and somehow or other, he's James Bond mm. in this film, being a hero. But you know, go figure. Um, so he's he's fifty three, and and Kim uh, Basinger, who is the the the, the, the main ultimate the love main, interest, um, yeah, femme, uh, is she's thirty when this is made. So, I mean, it could be worse, but it's it could it's, be. I think it has been. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's other circumstances. I think there's um, Denise, for your eyes only. Denise, Denise yeah, Richards that, was she was quite a she was, she was quite young. a way away from yeah. from Brosnan. Yeah, wasn't she? I, I think there's Roger Moore movies where the the um, the 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 Bond girl is in her early twenties and he's Roger Moore. He's fifty five, so it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, so I've got to say though, like for the most part one of the things watching this for those of you who haven't seen it um watching this the the women the bond women for the most part seem age-ish appropriate <laughs> they're not 20 something yeah by but, by by, by, com- by comparison and and even by comparison and even in the sense of kind of damsels in distress uh, like not just in, not just in the inappropriate ages but in the um in the, the the level of agency, so Fatima Fatima Blush um, is is a badass, although she she obviously never fails to never succeeds at eliminating Bond. No, um, she's you know she's pretty kick ass. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, um, what's that actress's name? Um, I was just looking at it before. She's done a few things. Yeah, she's great. She was in. Um, I mean, I can I can I can fill some space for you and and. I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about Bond women because I know there's just just there's just so much material out there. Or Barbara already, Carrera, Barbara Carrera, right and, and and I'm miles away from being an expert on that sort of space. Bond women. Bond women. Uh, it does feel a little bit, well, not a little bit, completely over the top. The the way everywhere he goes, every shot where he's moving moving through a, a public space, <laughs> women's heads are turning. <laughs> women look like they haven't had a drink of any kind of thing. <laughs> For a very very long time, yeah. and he is nothing but a cool, he's a, <laughs> tall, he's a tall drink of water. Drink of water. <laughs> so yeah, there's some thirsty, thirsty women, in, <laughs> thirsty, in thirsty movie. ass bitches out there, just thirsting at the side of. And him. I don't know, I don't know how how this how this particular portrayal stands up compared to other movies of this era. Um, it's but it's it, it seems pretty like. Uh, there's there's a certain degree of male male fantasy that that this 53 oh, 53 year old dude and okay Connery's a handsome dude like and he isn't he is in pretty good shape for for 1983 yeah, yeah. he's in pretty good shape yeah but even so even so <laughs> they take it they take it pretty far Irvin Irvin Kershaw Ooh. takes it pretty far <laughs> they sure do uh, but I mean it's in it's in keeping with Bond films of the era um, or just Bond films in general I mean uh, Roger uh, sorry not Roger Moore um, Sean Connery in From Russia With Love literally at one point has two gypsy women fighting to the death to be the one that gets to be with him wow <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's not great there's other uh, there's a Timothy Dalton one where he literally parachutes onto the back of a boat and uh, encounters a woman sunbathing in a bikini and 
he's uh there's there's some chemistry between them and he radios and says i'll I'll be back in an hour and then takes a look at her and goes maybe two and um like that's bond films of the era they're they're all like this so in keeping with the male fantasy yeah fucking hell this movie is all male fantasy like the producers are just like i wish this was me which, but that's, yeah. but then that's the that's the point of a of a Bond movie, right? As, as, is as, it sure as, as Austin Powers, uh, as as is pointed out in Austin Powers, you know, women want him, men want to be him. That's the that's the fantasy that they are selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and they <laughs> and Beluga caviar. And they sell it. Yeah. They sell it for a record profit in Never Say Never oh Again. Oh my god, I'm gonna level with everyone. Mike knows this, but um, when when I first approached Mike about doing a podcast. I said that I wanted to do a Bond podcast because I thought there was enough material there. And, and really, when if you strip back the nostalgia and strip back the, the call to national pride that these Bond films certainly have for the English, these films are terrible. Uh, they're terrible to women. They're terrible to, to, to um, foreign nations. Mm. They're terrible to, to minority rights. They're, they're terrible to everyone. Um, and people love them. They really, they really love them. They get so animated about them when you try to critique them in any way, meaningful way, and go, "Well, okay, it was fun and fine in 1965, but it's by today's standards, that's a really dated view on the world." Mm. And people get really excited. Um, I think we were just talking about this prior to the podcast starting. Um, Idris Alba has been suggested on several occasions that he would make a excellent replacement for for daniel craig and i'm definitely of that camp that idris alba could play james bond with his eyes no closed question any day of the week no question asked i would born to play it. born to play it. i would turn up opening night with my money in hand to watch that movie um but people lose their mind about it and say that you can't have a black bond yeah. or you can't have um uh, a, a female Bond, but you sure as fuck can have an Australian James Bond in the shape of George Lazenby. So, mm. yeah. So anyway, we should talk about. Let's talk about, we this should talk movie. about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's... So, I mean, so the so it's Irvin Kirshner, fresh yep. off of Empire Strikes Back, one of the the biggest biggest grossing films of all time. Uh, <laughs> arguably the best Star Wars film of all of them as well. Arguably. Yep. So, you know, wakes yep. up after wakes up after doing that. Oh, what's a what's a uh, what's a franchise that I can come in and do better than anybody else? And fix. No. Yeah. Yeah. James Bond. Yeah. Um so and he, he hits it man, man, he hits all of the all of the points on uh on in a James Bond movie and, and never say never again. It is it is so it sure tight. Does. It is the pace is breakneck yeah so much yeah it's, so it's much a, stuff is crammed in here it's almost it, it never feels it never feels dull through the yeah. entire some two hour runtime of this film it is just all the time you never feel like you're looking at your watch going what's happening next it's in terms of like filmmaking uh, com- and compared to the other films of its era it's it's really contemporary it's, yeah it's it's almost it, it's, breakneck it's pace. almost too yeah. much it's exhausting you just mm. which and i guess that's probably what he's going for like we just want i just want this to be more action than action and uh mm-hmm. you know there's any of half a dozen sequences that would be absolute standouts you know you, you you think about people when you're walking out of the cinema and you're going what's the first thing that you go man how cool was that thing 
there's so yeah. many different things that that come to come to mind for for yeah. that conversation the whole health clinic sequence at the start every every part of it is is hysterical and um uh, the, and the culminating in the fight uh, with the with the big unit at the end which he Pat which Rich. he wins bond wins by splashing him in the face with what looks like a beaker of acid um <laughs> uh, he, he splashes it he splashes this guy in the face with this liquid and causing the guy to stumble back um he, then bond looks at the beaker and he sees that it's his own urine sample <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the guy has stumbled back into some into a shelf of glass, um, glass bottles and and beakers, and those have shattered in his back and, and caused him to die. Even though he personally has thrown Bond through about five windows, and Bond yeah. doesn't have a scratch on him, and and including including a um, a shelf full of glass beakers yes. as well. So yeah, Bond Bond is officially immune to broken glass. <laughs> Yeah, he's cracked the code, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. So, but he cannot be harmed by so glass. It's, it's ridiculous, but it's also it's also amazing. Um, the the underwater <laughs> the underwater shark equally ridiculous, but also amazing. Amazingly shot. Yeah, it's a great sequence. How, yeah, it's a really good. How sequence. difficult yeah. that must have been to shoot in 1983. I cannot mm-hmm, even imagine mm-hmm. uh, the sequence where they're playing the playing the game Domination. Amazing. Oh yeah, the big computer game thing. Just. Yep. And, and, and That's in great. 1983, uh, I, I can just imagine people watching that, going, "Holy shit! I want that game." People who are like, I don't know what what games, are, what computer games are around in 1983. Pac Man, Galaga, Galaga, and you've Dig Dug, yeah, Defender, yeah, and you've got this missile 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 control, yeah. yeah. You've got this this yeah. game. It's so cool. Uh, it, it looks yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, with what I assume is, it looks like um, early, early um, computer graphics rather than hand-drawn animation. There's there's quite a bit of like um, computer graphics and overlay. Yeah, the missiles, which I thought was kind the of missiles interesting. Are yeah, all, the missiles. That's that's early, old, really old that's school computer animated. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's you've got um, what's his name, Irvin Kershner, who's just freshly off Star Wars, so he comes on board this and goes, "Oh, you can do all of this with." not with with um motion well you can do it all with motion control i'm sure that whole sequence was done with like a series of blue screen and and motion control and good old-fashioned optical effects Mm. um but yeah that whole sequence is pretty solid for 1983 Mm. i mean gosh there's there's films that come out later than this with special effects way more janky than that so yeah a lot of practical stuff as well like there's um traditional big sets as well like big big action sets um you know the good old-fashioned pine tree studios or the bonds the bond studio um at elm tree studios whatever it is here in the uk like big big sets that um tears of Allah set yeah that's huge that's yeah that's set. amazing yeah. yeah 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 so um yeah and big gunfights obviously but yeah gosh. um the motorbike um, chase oh the motorbike chase Jeez I, Louise. That, that is geez louise that's one of the um I, I watched this film it's i think this is the second or third bond film i saw i think it was the second i think the first one i saw was was moonraker um so yeah my first bond experience was roger moore and when my when my parents put this on they said oh you liked moonraker you would like this mm. um i said you know i one i couldn't get my head around that this guy was not james bond but he was some other guy playing james bond that blew my right. mind 
Um, but yeah, the, the motorcycle sequence in particular was um, a standout thing for me as a very young child. This whole fancy motorcycle that push buttons and things happen. Yeah. And there's a rocket and stuff. Gosh. Yeah, that's all standout. That's all and great. Then, there's a- then there's the sequence in the prison. There's an action sequence in the prison. Which one? Which one do you mean? The one in like North Africa, where Domino is being sold to oh, some very oh, very the, racial stereotypes. Yeah, with the with the horse, <laughs> he escapes on the horse. With the horse, yeah, yeah. Lots of little minor action se- action beats, yeah. and then finally the the big finale in the Tears of Allah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. much of that underwater stuff must have been hugely challenging to film. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You haven't seen Thunderball, right? No. So he, um, Thunderball is, is a largely underwater bond. Um, so there's a lot of underwater stuff in Thunderball. There's lots of lots of underwater action sequences. Right. Um, and, it, and in the 60s, when they're making those Bond films, they typically devolved into these big, you know, government forces versus the, the, the big baddie forces. And they have these big fights. Um, and at the climax of that film, there's a big underwater battle with um i think it's like the u.s navy or or you know equivalent and and um maximilian's um goons and it's this big underwater fight with spear guns and stuff which they 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 steer around a little in this but as thunderball is is this film is effectively a remake of thunderball Mm. like it's all in there yeah um so the like in terms of the the way the plot plays out so the first the first 20 minutes or so is, is all of that that sequence uh where he's he is at the health clinic so the the opening scene the the credit scene is him uh making an assault on this compound which turns out to be a training exercise that he fails yep uh and then yep. the, the bosses send him back to send him to this health clinic to get to get back into shape even the to eliminate all free radicals. Yeah, even, even the first li- first line is tight. They're, they're, they're watching the watching the footage of how he's gone in this exercise, and he dies at the end. And he turns to the turns to the boss and says, "Not too shabby, sir." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a minute a minute forty seven. Not too shabby, sir. <laughs> but dead double seven. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's some line about you died twice, um, and he and he says once. I only died once, and he's and and M says twice. Uh, you stepped on that landmine on the beach, and a Bond counters. Ah, I lost both of my legs, but I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, shit. You- and James Fox, the guy who's playing M, Edward Fox, the guy playing M, doing it with that toffee silver spoon yeah. accent is yeah, magic it's perf- that is so and it, and it all gets called called back at the end when he's he's on the he's on the phone to him and he says i never doubted you for a minute james uh, yeah he's the he's the perfect <laughs> perfect guy to to have that have that turnaround the other's oh, bureaucrat <laughs> telling yep. james telling james i would like bond. to invite you to have lunch at my club <laughs> <laughs> telling james bond how to be a spy it's between him and Rowan Atkinson, the it's just it's you know the, the 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 foils, <laughs> the contrasts to how smooth um, Bond is gosh. just couldn't be better. Um, Oops, so you're back. you get you get a bit of a weird scene with before he goes to the um, the health clinic, which is called Shrublands, where where they 
you, you they bring you in on the scene with Spectre, and the guy's essentially explaining all of the plans. It's it's kind of odd that yeah. they it's kind of odd, I, I don't know what made them just kind of throw that out in the first ten minutes. Just well, let's get this out of the way. Um, mm. uh, but I think he needed that scene to sort of show that Bond is out of shape. You're acknowledging the fact that he's old. Um, he's older, I should say. Um, like you need that. I think you need that scene in there to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a relic of a of a bygone time. Because um, there's that whole there's that whole bit about you haven't had much use for the double O's. Um, I've spent more of my time teaching than in mm. the field. Um, and it's that change, which is kind of ironic coming into the freaking eighties, which is the heyday of the action film. Um, but it's that you know you need to explain why he is who he is or why he is i guess oh, and I even know. even the car as he as he pulls up to the clinic oh yeah the, that's right the, they don't the, make him like the valet this anymore. comes out and yeah. says oh they don't make him like this anymore and and bond says well it's still in pretty good shape and that is as if that wasn't obvious enough they repeat that exact line with the with 10 with seconds the doctor, later 10 yeah, seconds doctor, later yeah yeah um yeah there's enough scar tissue here for a whole regiment still in pretty good yeah. shape <laughs> <laughs> um so the, the 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 health clinic sequence is, is is filled with gags and and double entendre and um, banging, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, Bond Bond bids his first uh, his first lady uh, about the twenty five minute mark when when the chiropractor comes to his his room um, after hours, uh, much against company policy. But as but so, as yeah. part of this, he does happen to um, he does happen to see. Uh, a, uh, another character who is involved in the Spectre plot, um, which is how he winds up getting with the getting um, pulled into with, it. with 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 sadly the the late great Max von Sydow, uh, who who as of recording this podcast died the week we recorded this podcast. Oh, uh, it's poor shit, timing, really. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Max von uh, Sydow died this this week um, uh, of being awesome and old, I guess. Mm. But yeah. 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 So yeah, he died. So he's got a he's got a job where he's got he's had his eye um, tattooed to look like the look like the eye of the president, uh, so that he can override the the security control on this uh, this nuclear missile test. That's right. Um, yep. And and we're introduced to um, so yeah and the. Patachi, um, Captain Patachi, yes. and Barbara Carrera's character Fatima are, are introduced in their in their entirety in the scene as well. We've already met Fatima by this point, um, but now we're introduced to them in their entirety, and the plot starts to to take shape, which is that they're planning to steal some nuclear warheads. Yeah, and she's she's manipulating with him with some sort of some combination of, of mind control and and a weird, uh, I guess, sexual dynamic. Yeah, and heroin. So she's got oh, that's, heroin. Oh, and she's, right. Yeah, she, drugs as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, because she says something to him like, "If you want your fast cars and pretty clothes, you'll do what you're told." Um, so he's clearly gotten himself into some trouble, and, yeah. and Spectre have have latched onto him as 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 a way to get to their ends. So yeah, and they use her to do yeah. it. So. And you'd, and you'd, yeah. cuz she's the femme fatale, yeah. right? So she's the one. And you do see Kim Basing her in a in a photo with him as well. Um but you you find out later right. on that they're brother and sister. Um actually you don't meet her until quite a ways into the no. piece. 
so she's she's not introduced in her entirety until much later in the yeah. plot um so yeah. they they uh you, 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 there's a sequence where the, the the missile test goes ahead but he it's the missile is actually loaded with with um real warheads not dummy warheads and then the yep. so that the bad warheads. guys expect to retrieve these retrieve these warheads and now they've got they've got nukes um and then there's and then she 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 takes care of um patachi uh by by tossing a snake into his into his 1983 Ford Cortina, which was the my my first car, was that was, oh, was that it? exact car, 83 Ford Cortina. It's oh, a Mark wow. Five. It is absolutely wow. beautiful. Did it burst into flames as well? Well, no, but no no ladies ever threw snakes <laughs> through my open window. No femme fatales pulled up next to you and threw a threw a python into your open car no, window. Never happened. But uh, yeah, mm. really dope. Happened to me all the really time. Really dope car. Yeah, it was just. Um, yeah, <laughs> so the, so the, it's really bizarre. It's bizarre when you when you see like um I, I like old BMWs um and um I I had one for quite a while. I had a, a an eighties uh, three series BMW that I, I drove around like I stole it, and every time one of those cars turns up in a movie, I'm just like I had that car. <laughs> that was my car. Yeah. Anyway, um, continue. <laughs> uh, so the you you so you get the 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 threat the kind of one million dollars to the you know, to the United Nations or whoever it is. And uh, suddenly, suddenly the... <laughs> Collection of rich people. <laughs> suddenly MI, you know, MI6 is, is back. Wants James. James They're back, James baby. Is, James yep. is back in business. He's already on a lead. He's already chasing this lead around with the false eye. Um, and funnily enough, Bond, Bond in that sequence with M when they're talking about how this happened, he is immediately on to exactly what happened. And he's like, could the eye have been changed in any way to to have allowed him to do this and m shuts him down <laughs> yes. immediately and says oh, oh do be serious bond <laughs> let's look at things that are logical <laughs> <laughs> so bond goes back to doing what he does best so he he immediately is i'm not quite sure how oh because he gets to it by the the um the matches with that logo on it with the yeah. flags and so he might that that must be how he marries this up to the to Blofeld uh, not to Blofeld to Maximilian Largo he must tie it back to that immediately because he's straight away he's on to the yep. to the yep. villain he is immediately he is immediately he pays there. so he pays his visit to Q um who complains yep. about the bureaucrats um yep and, so this is still Thatcher this is still a Maggie Thatcher UK at this point so this, um, I thought that was mm. interesting with the, with the. So I, I think about these films like in context with their their political history. So this would have been towards the end of the Thatcher era, I guess. I'm not quite sure when Thatcher went to and from, but I, I figure it was smack dab in the middle of it. Um, and so yeah, um, I find it interesting that they're complaining about budget cuts and 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 bits yeah, and they're, they're not, and he's they're not providing a, any heating to this poor yeah. guy in his lab <laughs> place. <laughs> well what i thought was interesting like because um bond uh sorry q like that that's that's a staple of the films like bond goes from m who gives him the mission to q the quartermaster to get his yeah. gear which is when he's given his gadgetry right um that that's a staple of all of the films of that era right up until um daniel craig effectively um and all the time every time that happens it's usually a very pristine lab looking environment with some weird gear hanging around and um this however looks like a workshop yeah 
which I thought was kind of neat because in reality it would be a workshop it would be a bunch of mechanical engineers tooling yeah. around with things and yeah oh, funnily enough um i'm a i'm also a bit of a photographer there's a shot of a camera with just some bullets and <laughs> where the where the film canister goes and i'm just like come on guys try a little harder <laughs> <laughs> point and shoot just literally some bullets in there just hanging around <laughs> there's a um a, what are the one of the gadgets he gives them is a literal motorbike so like yeah the, you're yeah. right there's a, there's there's you, you expect a certain workshop kind of feel yeah. yeah yeah it's a machine shop which i which i didn't really appreciate until i watched it like the second time for this um i've seen it multiple times mm. in my life but i watched it twice for the podcast um and I, I really appreciate that, that they were like, yeah, it's a machine shop. That's probably what it would be. Yeah. It wouldn't be like some clean lab with guys in white white coats. Yeah. It would be a bunch of mechanical engineers cramming shit into other shit to make it a, a, a useful tool for a spy. Yeah. So um, so Q, just in case you hadn't caught on to it, he, he, he points out, he, he says point blank, uh, that spells out the difference between the, the bureaucrats <laughs> and... The Bond's, you know, his, his, his gratuitous <laughs> yep. sex and violence style, violence. Which, is, yep. <laughs> which is surely the better way to go. <laughs> yeah, gratuitous sex and violence. Now that you're back, I hope we can, uh, I hope we can guarantee some gratuitous sex and violence. <laughs> oh yes, and then smash cut um, to um, is it uh, Bermuda? Uh, Bermuda? Yeah, yeah. Smash yep. cut, and then. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's, you get, there's, I, I would like to point out that Q has one of my favorite lines in this film. It's a line that I quote quite a lot in my personal life as well, uh, which is the lucky bloody you line. Just that <laughs> delivery of that line. That lucky bloody you. Um, I, I say that. That's something I say. That's, yeah. So if anyone wanted to know where I got that from, <laughs> I got it from here. The um, secret is out. So I, I quote obscure bond films all the time so so he's in he's in bermuda where he meets rowan atkinson another troublesome troublesome bureaucrat who's there for the sole purpose of of making bond look, look in, smoother in his and more debut competent. film appearance really? is rowan atkinson yep this is this is the first film who, who would of course so. go on to to spoof bond in johnny english. english um with with i might point out with another castmate um james fox um is it james fox i was just looking edward fox he plays oh, him he right. is also in those those johnny english films effectively playing the same character right it's yeah, it's the, the basil exposition equivalent from uh austin powers yes yes what's that actor's name he was in logan's run that's a great movie um so bond so he also he meets fatima blush um uh, again, yep. another notable notable scene where she's water skiing. She water skis up into the bar where he's standing at, collapses into him, gets him all wet. Oh, I've got you all wet. Yes, but my martini is still dry. Great line. <laughs> he is still dry. Just <laughs> fantastic line. So good. Oh, so good. Yeah. But he's a secret agent, right? And he's wandering around in a, in a $1,000 white linen suit. <laughs> surely surely if he wanted to blend in he'd just get some bermuda shorts and a loud shirt right yeah more importantly he's a white guy wandering around in bermuda <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> he's not subtle at all so they're they're off she takes him she takes him diving but of course it's a two-hour round trip to the reef so they're going to have to spend a bit of time getting busy um 
and I then sure she do. sets him up. She, she sets him up for the shark uh, to be attacked by the shark. She puts a, 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 a like a tracking device on his. Oh no 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 no! Before we can talk about that, we have to talk about the woman in the bikini on the boat that James tries to help oh. first before he. <laughs> <laughs> She's just stood around looking glamorous in her bikini and her and her and her um i don't even know what you'd call it like an like a chain that goes around her waist her waist necklace um just looking glamorous as fuck and she's getting onto a boat and she's like oh and he's he's asking her what she would like to catch and she says oh about six to 190 pounds um (laughs) with a tan (laughs) (laughs) sean connery the only scotsman in history to have a tan and And so he's just about to get on board this boat when Rowan Atkinson ruins his day. Um, and he's, he's offering to help her. Cock blocks him all to hell. And he says, oh, let me give you a hand. And what does James pick up to help her with? A fucking six pack of beer. <laughs> fucking try harder, James. <laughs> fucking try harder. There's, I'm sure there's some heavier yeah. shit for you to pick up. She had that up and moving. That girl looks like she works the fuck out. So, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, back to, back back to our regular scheduled programming. Have another drink, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I should drink during these more often. Um, Carry on. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's the shark sequence, uh, um, which he, he manages to evade evade the sharks and <clears throat> surfaces and is caught literally by that by that same fisherwoman. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned her because she so gets a she call says, back. She she says, "I will catch you later." <laughs> <laughs> and james bond is underwater having lost his his regulator and he's breathing air from the this this tube that's just spewing oxygen everywhere and uh he sees the lure going past and he manages to get he manages to grab it and get caught so and then of course james so bond. having just spent two hours of fabulous love making with fatima blush um and been attacked by a shark he now obviously must take this woman back to her, her hotel room and make love to her as well um, yes yeah so he turns up back at the hotel wearing the dungarees that she has on <laughs> <laughs> because this woman is like she's an amazon she's got to be at least six foot one herself yeah. she is a tall she's tall a woman unit. she's a big unit um and she looks fantastic and she i I don't want to. I don't want to guess as to her age, but she looks vaguely age appropriate for James Bond. Um, and then there's this. Um, there's a scene where they're back at the hotel, and they're they're clearly having some passionate love. But prior to this, we see that um, Fatima Blush has figured out that because she's just dancing like a wild woman in the street. And I've got to say, like having been at some street functions, if there's a wild woman dancing in the street, she is not being subtle. Everyone is staring at her and going, "Boy, she cannot handle whatever yeah. drugs she has taken. She needs to calm she down." Uh, she sees she took too much. She's drank too much, and she sees Bond races over to the hotel, plants a bomb, and then there's this neat scene of suspense where you're cutting between her and her detonator and Bond and this other yeah. woman lovemaking, and then, boom, the hotel room blows up. And Bond and this other woman stop momentarily to look out to see this room on fire. And Bond says, um, it looks like we made the right choice. And she says, what? Your room or mine? And uh, <laughs> that's a callback to much earlier on. But yeah, this film is full of great callbacks. Yeah. So so he's off to, yeah. so they're off to, they go to France. 
I can't remember why. What does he know? Why does why do they then go to France? Oh, because the the boat isn't it the um the the, the oh that's the right he's tracking the, uh, yeah. he's tracking Largo's boat. Maximil yeah Largo's boat, which then goes to to the south of France, um, and so he goes to France, uh, where he runs into Felix later. Felix, uh, a reoccurring yeah Felix and the yeah a reoccurring CIA agent that happens in the other film, and it's the first time that that character is is played by an African American actor. Oh really? Which is, which is interesting. Yeah, it's the eighties. Mm. They just had token African American mm. character in all those films in the eighties, and and Nicole as well, uh, another another psychic who's French. Um, who comes to a sti- who comes oh, to a yeah. sticky end? Um, yeah, she's she's <laughs> sacrificed. <laughs> Not that kind of sticky end. No, but yeah, a sticky um, end. Yeah. S- uh, so he traces um, uh, uh, Domino, uh, Kim Basinger's character, um, uh, manages to manages to pass himself off as a as a masseuse. Um, for her, she's in a in a massage. Uh, you know, in, again in a health clinic. Um, and he he gives her a massage and manages to get a uh, get some information from her that Lago is holding a charity. Can we talk about the massage scene a little? Absolutely. <laughs> so Bond turns up to this massage place, which looks more like more like a bordello <laughs> from a painting than a massage parlor. There's just women yeah, lounging around in bikinis draped. and just draped like scenery in this shot. He walks in and they all look like they have been in a sauna for four hours and haven't had a yeah. drink of water in three weeks. And he is nothing but a tall, cold drink of water walking past. They are salivating yeah. at the sight Jaws, of him. Jaws and he walks drop. in. This is the, yeah. most, the most gratuitous. The most gratuitous. He just walks in and she's laid out on the bed um, to have her massage done. And uh, he just jumps in, and he another callback to a line from earlier with the lesions in the yeah. spine, um, and uh, he's just full on massaging Kim Basinger and making double entendres and um, being flirty and charming, and uh, he once he's gotten this information that there's a charity ball and uh, you know Largo is going to be there, et cetera, et cetera, and he 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 buggers off, and the masseuse turns up with the with the very weird French accent. Um, she isn't immediately aghast that some random Scottish man <laughs> with, just a, been, with very hairy forearms has just had his hands <laughs> all over her. She, she doesn't, th- there's a look on her face where she looks immediately sort of vaguely disturbed, but then is like, then is, Ooh, yeah, actually Ooh. I'm kind of okay with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with this random Scotsman touching me up. I was, I'm uh, yeah, no, I've thought about it. No, I'm good. Yeah. I liked it just just the 80s yeah. mate so fucking weird. so on to also on to, on to the, the the this charity event um so he's yep. charity he's event. trying to get to um domino uh he says it's to explain why he's why he's uh done this why he passed himself off as the ma- as the as the master but he doesn't get to that um lago interrupts them and invites him over for a game of domination uh, which as who who Largo immediately knows who he is. Like yeah. Largo doesn't need to be told. He's oh that's James Bond. We know who yeah. he is. No surprise. Yeah. No fucking ship Bond. You haven't been subtle yeah. at all. So yeah. And and Fatim, <laughs> some super spy. And Fatima has been Fatima has been chasing chasing Bond. So you assume that they both know who he is. Oh yeah. Well, Fat, like just to throw back to the the beginning of the movie, Fatima um, spots him at the, oh, the yeah, that's right. health park. 
with her night vision yeah. goggles. And she she says, um, oh, yes, he, um, Patachi, um, Domino's brother, says, do you know who it is? And she says, oh, yes, that's James Bond 007. She knows exactly mm. who the fuck he is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so now we're at Largo's thing and, and Fatima's obviously been trying to kill him and failing. Um, and now Largo is, is interrupted uh, his and Domino's discussion where James has suggested that there's something more going on with, with Largo and Fatim is not really, sorry, uh, Domino is not really having any part of it. And so now we have this, this game of domination, oh, there's been, this, this video we, game. We didn't mention that there's that, the weird scene where, where they're on the, uh, I think it's just after the first, like around the start of the second act where, where you do actually meet Domino for the first time. And she's, uh, she's having like a dancing lesson, um, in, a, in the dance studio which is on the boat and Largo's watch, watching oh, yeah. it through the one-way mirror and then comes in comes in because he's, yeah, he's just he landed and he, and he comes in yep. after, after stealing these missiles and he's, he, he comes in and she's, she's all over him to begin with and he's bought, he's oh, bought, yeah. her, he's bought her this thing uh, and then she says what if I ever lead you and he says I'll slit your throat ha 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 in his in his very best Austrian accent, and then I slit your throat. Yeah, <laughs> passes it off as a joke. But, but yes, I'm gonna say the um the ex- the actor um Klaus Klaus Maria I think his name is Klaus Maria Brava, um uh, Brandauer Klaus Maria Brandauer. He's really good. I yep. really like him. He is he's, good. He's he's a great villain. He's he's creepy. He's um. And and he's uh, I don't know. He's got a presence. I mean, as an actor, he's fantastic. Yep. Um, you buy him. Yeah, yeah well, I liked him. I thought well he was cast. great. Um, but well it's, I guess that's that scene doesn't quite set off. She seems ge- genuinely in love with him, but then at the same at the same yeah. time, that's the introduction that, like, you assume he says this sort of stuff to her all the time, but she, she's you don't get a sense from that scene that she has any doubts about this relationship. She treats that as quite normal, and it's, and it's only mm. later on uh, as Bond starts planting his metaphorical seed at this point um <laughs> that she that she, that she starts there. to think maybe maybe this isn't all good like she's no, she's genuinely she's on yeah. she's on team uh team lago from yeah, the start she is. a thousand percent and then yeah and it's not until bond says something like uh, i think it's after the game of domination that he actually says it but there's a, a line about how um james patachi her brother is um he's not coming or there's going to be a delay again. oh yeah it's yeah yes yeah. it's, it's before i think because they go straight from domination to tango and when the the dancing the tango is when he tells her that that her brother's dead can, can we talk about that domination thing a little bit sure for a bit i, I just want to cut back to that so there's two things that struck me about that one um, so they play three rounds of this game domination, which um, through through the contrivance of, of the, the plot, um, you feel pain when you're losing to simulate the loss of troops. Also, you're playing for countries or the world and the countries are worth a certain amount of money. And um, so James loses the first two games. And this is a game is a computer game, um, very fancy computer game. Uh, even for today's standards, I don't it, it'd be hard to have that fancy freaking see-through lcd yeah. screen that they've got going on um but 
uh, James loses twice so that he can come back in the third round to go, oh, I would like to play for the rest of the world. And um, and they, they, they work it all out, and there's this big drum beat, and there's the music swells. Um, but uh, James says, um, I never lose. Motherfucker, you just <laughs> lost twice. <laughs> <laughs> you you never lose you lost fucking twice that's some fucking balls so yeah yeah that's right because <laughs> he says he goes to, he goes to write him a, he goes to write him a check for the money to go to his favorite yeah. charity and he and and, oh, and yeah, bond yeah, yeah. says so, bond says so no play... no i'll just have a dance i'll dance with you with, with your missus because fuck fuck your orphan children <laughs> that this is all a charity for fuck them they didn't buy this dry martini yeah. fuck all of them <laughs> Suffer the little so, kitties, <laughs> and then it's, and then yeah, Lago says, "Are you always are you are you always are you always as grateful? Are you this grateful when you lose?" And he says, "I've never lost." <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into this dance. So the whole fucking party stops. Everyone stops gambling. Everyone stops playing around in the in the arcade that they've got. Everyone everyone stops drinking, and they congregate around this dance floor where um, Domino dressed. Uh, uh, Kim Bassinger looking amazing um, and, and James Bond looking like a 52 year old father taking his daughter to the dance um, uh, had this amazing little dance sequence like they I don't know when they choreographed that shit but uh, yeah it's it's pretty cool yeah. yeah and then yeah and then James tells her that her brother is dead and that uh, Largo is using Largo's her a baddie. it's all it's all a big scam He's a bad guy. If that wasn't immediately clear by the fact that this is a James Bond film and the person with the German accent is the bad guy. <laughs> so <laughs> vaguely European guy um, must be evil. So, so Fatima's uh, the, the next morning, essentially, it implies he's been up all night. He's getting back in the morning and um, uh, he finds that Nicole, Nicole is, is dead. She's been drowned. Um, and then it goes into the car chase um, where he's he's pursuing Fatima, or Fatima's pursuing him. Uh, she's got a bunch of depending. She's on got which, a bunch of yeah. henchmen, um, and it's it's amazing. The sequence is fantastic. Um, yep, but that bike is pretty cool. It, yeah, the bike is bike is dope. Uh, but at any rate, it ends with Fatima, uh, you know, with a gun to him, and he's he's unarmed, um, and yep. and she's about to she's about and, to kill him, and he tees up um, he tees up a thing where. Um, she's she wants him to write down for her, uh, uh, like I guess like a promissory note that, uh, yeah, or an, uh, like an, an endorsement, affidavit. an endorsement, <laughs> yeah, that that she is the best lover that he has ever had, um, which which is, is his <laughs> excuse to use the the pen, which is also a, a which fires an explosive and blow her up, which is a gadget that we saw that Q had earlier. It's a it's a an explosive yeah. tip firing pen. Um, but the the line I, I have to say like all of that's pretty straightforward. But the line I like there is um, she she wants him to write down that I was afforded the greatest pleasure of my life by Fatima Blush signed James Bond, and he's just about to sign it, and uh, he goes actually I've just remembered there was this woman in Philadelphia. <laughs> to which to which she loses yeah. her shit and um it is it is um, it is one of the, the one one of the few moments in the film where they've, they've missed an opportunity to to kind of set that they've missed an opportunity to actually set that character flaw up in fatima nowhere else in the film is it suggested that she is immensely proud of her 
um, you know, her gifts as a, as, as a lover. James Bond. Um, that just yeah. comes out, it just comes out of nowhere. And it would, it would work. It would be perfect if they'd only teed it up earlier. If she just had one or two lines when they were boning that, that established that she had this, this pride desire to be to be the the number one yeah. lover that bond is but it, re- it really comes out of nowhere and then the, and then the, another little just just a little gap here which is suddenly Fe- felix just turns up and and implies that he's been watching <laughs> yeah the whole time like he saw enough of it to go oh i saw enough yeah but but not enough and to actually do anything about it you were about to you were about to be shot um I could have just shot her, but I thought I'd I thought I'd, yeah, thought I'd see how you dealt with it. Um, so just some some slightly. Well, there's a joke about um, you looked like you had it under control. Yeah, and it was like, well, did if he go? If we're being critical in the of the film, which is kind of the point of the podcast, I think that, that there's a couple of minutes there where there's just some some fairly slight uh, ball drops on the part of the filmmakers. <laughs> But I mean, James has to save the day, right? Um, and it's not until it's not until later films where Felix plays a slightly larger role. In the Daniel Craig films, he he's, he comes on to play a slightly bigger role. But it's always it's always James Bond. And I, do, I mean, it does end with it does end with Fatima and a pair of smoking shoes. So uh, and I, I, I do love the so the the police turn up and they've got to get away, and so they get they get away by stripping down to their underwear and pretending to be a couple of guys <laughs> out for a job. <laughs> a jog and a bike ride <laughs> just running down the street and i do like the, the attention to detail they've both still got their leather shoes on so they've got these black leather shoes and just run down the street nothing says french uh like running running in black leather shoes and and your and underwear your, and your so. doc and your doc martens yep uh, <laughs> so uh so swing into the final act now they board the boat um, so Felix and Felix and Bond sneak aboard Largo's boat, uh, or rather or, or James, Bond, well, James Bond sneaks does. aboard. Yeah, Felix doesn't make it. The door yeah. the door shuts on him and he can't get it open. The kind of underwater. I don't know what do you call that? Like a yeah, like almost like a torpedo yeah. tube. But yeah. yeah, so yeah, James makes it on board, but Felix is kind of locked out. James is welcomed on board. Um, Largo's talked about having him on board for lunch, so they're they're playing their kind of cat and mouse thing. Um, they find out they're going to Africa, um, and there's a. I don't, I'll swing through this because we're running a bit late. Um, he sets up. He sets up the elaborate, you know, the his elaborate scheme. He, exp- he sh- sh- tells them where one of the warheads is. It's in. Um, mm-hmm. It's in the White House, um, and he. But he doesn't tell them where the other one is. He said, you know, he James is chained up and Domino's Domino's being presu- auctioned off, the auctioned off to literally. these uh, guys from about a hundred years ago. Um, these warlords yep. that have travelled forward forward in yep. time to pick up pick yep. up uh, a, a hot, a hot <laughs> these time pick up a hot piece of ass. Yeah, yeah, these time travelling warlords on horseback. Um, the the most racial raci- racial stereotypes of like. Bedouin fighters or or the Muhajin fighters or whatever you want to call them and uh yeah yeah they're just out there being grotesque yeah <laughs> she's being sold by a, a little grotesque man <laughs> in yeah. a suit yes just 
just, just movie. What are you doing? Perfect, movie? perfect, perfect for James to he has escapes. He you know he gets out of his shackles because he's got a thing on his watch and a laser blah, blah, watch. Yeah, um, jumps on. He rescues her on horseback. They jump into the water um, on a, in a fall that would surely have killed them. Um, killed the horse. Have, certainly have killed the horse. You see the horse swimming away uh, as if as if yeah, as if this horse, horse wouldn't have died <laughs> I mean, from falling about. 100 meters into the into the oh, water yeah at least 100 meters into the water but yeah um or the all the two of them they could have landed on any 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 sort of configuration of one on top of the other that would have ended badly for all concerned but they they swim away they get rescued by the secret service um and but james goes he goes back he's figured out from the tears of allah where the second warhead is going to go and so he pursues underwater again he and felix they they make them they make their move uh through a series of events um you wind up with just james and largo kind of fighting over this little underwater thing that's carrying the warhead um largo is about to largo is pinned behind pinned between this this thing and the and a rock but he's he manages to reach a He's literally between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> he manages so, to yeah. reach a harpoon gun. He's about to shoot James, and then he is shot. Uh, and you realise that um, it's Domino. Domino has Domino has pursued them with a couple of a couple of agents, and she she saves the day. Flanked by other agents. So there's a couple of questions I have here. One, how how did that conversation in the submarine go? Because I mean, it's the U.S. Navy has turned up ultimately to save James and domino when they jump off the fort and into the water like the the submarine turns up and starts firing at this this thousand year old fortress on on the side of a cliff top um and they then figure out it's on the submarine they figure it all out and so james and felix and a bunch of navy seals will go running off into this underground cavern and the whole time like there's this amazing archaeological find under the ground that they just then proceed to destroy (laughs) (laughs) shoot the place up because why not um but then she's left safely aboard the submarine um to to do whatever it is at no point in this film has it been established that she can scuba dive no (laughs) scuba diving isn't something you just start doing there's some training involved in that shit and more importantly like there's there's navy seals presumably like highly trained military operatives either side of her as she's in her in her wetsuit with you know appropriately high cut thighs um for kim bassinger's figure uh either side of her and they're just like yep yep go and, ahead and shoot and there's a there's a <laughs> <Whatever>. nuclear warhead <laughs> right fucking no, there no you, you i'm sorry are you qualified you to take, do this you take this oh, shot it, yeah just do it. you take this shot <laughs> you got it you're <laughs> you're the most qualified person here not the navy not the two <laughs> navy seals either side of you you take this shot <laughs> you got this you got this girl you go <laughs> fuck james if you miss or or the or, free or world the, for that us, matter yeah. or all the, the oil the world's yeah, oil supplies yeah. you got this girl you get in there <laughs> what the hell movie <laughs> um <laughs> i appreciate that's in there because that's what happens in thunderball but um and i i guess it's great for the kim bassinger character the domino character to finally establish her independence from this this horrible person that's that literally just tried to sell her yeah. off to some time traveling horrible freaking warlords on horse lord a horrible horseback. person who, has, so. who is, is now the absolute person she hates absolute scum of the earth that like i say she was abs- she was doting on you know just just a few yeah. days previously 
at the midpoint yeah. of this film was literally throwing herself at him. And I, I, I don't say that in the way that some people say literally, but what they mean is figuratively. She literally throws herself yes. at him. So, <laughs> yeah. I know the difference between literal and figuratively. So, also, I've had some yes. drinks. I'll just like to um, point So, that we've, out. we've just tipped over the hour mark, Craig. Uh, what else have we got to say about this movie? This movie is just wild is all I would like to say. It is very, very dated. Uh, the attitudes it displays towards women are shocking. Um, it's, it's depictions of anything that isn't English or American in terms of races is just appalling. Um, it's very, it's very, uh, this is one of the reasons I wanted to get into these Bond films in the first place. Like it, it's, it's so xenophobic in its um, depiction of anything that isn't Anglo-American um, you know, uh, white or, or of their value set. Like every other race in this film is just depicted as a caricature. Mm. Um, women come off terribly in this. They're all thirsty devils. They're either she devils that want to kill you or they're just thirsting mm. after you. That's all they want to do. Um, but is it a fun film? Um, despite its flaws, I guess it is. But the, the action is, the action is incredible. The, the, humor is funny it does yeah as a bond film like if if only if the only movies that existed in 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 our reality were bond films i think this would be the one that you'd Mm. want to watch it does it does everything it's trying to do well but it 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 never goes it it never goes so far that that it breaks the magic which i think is, is is it's it's more the risk for bond films is that they they you go so ridiculous you're you're you're, you're surfing on a tidal wave or you know it's, it's just it, it's just not it's you've got a nonsense. pigeon that does a double take yeah, yeah. where yeah. this it, it, it gets the tone just right it walks the line just right i think it does i think that's probably probably reflective of the fact that this is the second time round for the script yeah. effectively um and then secondly you, i think Irvin kirshner is one of those directors that um, is really an unsung film director. He he gets what the film is, and he knows how to get that film from A to B in a way that I think he probably isn't given enough credit mm. for. So, especially with like a film like... Because um, the three films he does in the 80s that are of note, he does Empire Strikes Back, he does Never Say Never Again, and he does Robocop 2. I would I would love to do RoboCop two on this this podcast because it is a wild film as well and it's got some great ideas but it, that's an Irvin Irvin Kirshner film as well and I think he just has that great ability to go and sadly he died some years ago of lung cancer but I think he does a great job of getting a film from A to B in a very in a very concise way he understands what the tone of the film is meant to be he he rides that line perfectly. Um, and and he, he delivers a very solid film from beginning mm. to end. How much mm. do you? So I haven't seen a lot of modern Bonds. The one I have seen is Skyfall, uh, which I feel like Skyfall is a lot like this, not just in all the Bond ways, but in the kind of the, the failed failed bureaucracy. Uh, there's the, they make a big deal of Bond. He's not so much physically out of shape, but mentally, you know, he's an alcoholic and he's got terrible attitudes mm-hmm. towards women. Um, you know, there's there's there is that idea that, that that comes through in this that also comes through in Skyfall. Is that a theme of a lot of 
the modern ones or is that no, just that's just a no, coincidence that's, it's, the that's two a that little, have, i happen it's to a have coincidence seen. and it's a little ahead of its time in that sense that it the film in the film itself acknowledges that bond is a damaged person uh, and i think skyfall is a good one to have seen um anyway because it is one of the better it is definitely one of the better bond mm. films um certainly the uh, certainly the certainly the best of the modern era probably the best of all of them regardless um certainly the most solid film but yeah this film in, in regards to that was definitely ahead of its time it acknowledges that bond is a is a broken man it acknowledges that he has clearly some kind of a chemical dependence it acknowledges that um he is not of this world and does something about it in the film so yeah it's certainly not common to the other films although at the the end he's still well i guess he's saying he's retired right which kind of implies that he's expecting to stick around with domino (laughs) yeah if they'd made another one of these films um in in the 80s by this this particular crew with sean connery again you'd never see domino again yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's rare for a bond it's rare for um the only with the exception of the, the the modern ones where you have um eva green um uh there's i can't remember her name she's a french actress she's blonde she's in specter and she's in the new one that's just been delayed and coming mm. out i can't remember what the the new one's called um they uh there's very it's very rare for any other character other than money penny or m to be played by the same actress across multiple yeah. films it it's it just doesn't yeah. happen it, yeah oh maud adams is one of the few bond women to come back multiple times and there's a character in the very very early ones she's a countess uh she turns up in two of the early ones as well but she's just she's just a, a, a passing mm. love interest for bond. it's funny what, what you say yeah. about how you, like you would never see domino again if they made another if they made another one you know when if, watching austin powers um you know, in the in the early two thousands, and not not knowing much about Bond movies, you you get a sense that Austin Powers is just so so grotesquely over the top. The way in the in the second one, they just do away with Liz Hurley's character. Oh, she was a fembot. That the, oh, the right whole at the time, beginning, she was a I guess I'm single again. You think like they're going over the top with that for comic effect, but no, that's actually just how they did it. Nope, <laughs> that's how they did it, and it, it's. Um, again, um, in, in the oh, it would have been the early two thousands uh, in New Zealand, we have a, a, a cable TV um, service called Sky Television. It's satellite television, uh, and it was for the lead up. I think it might have been for the um, uh, for one of the new Bond. It would have been a, a a Pierce Brosnan Bond film. But in the lead up for that, they played all of the Bond films in sequence from Doctor No right up until this Pierce Brosnan bond film it might have been golden eye or, or or something similar of that era and they played them one after the other and over the course of this weekend they started on friday night and they went through to sunday when the premiere was and my flatmates and i we watched we watched that and i think after yeah we watched a lot of them uh, and um i think after the first once we had watched like five of them we realized that they were just the same film again and again and you could bond's gonna Bond's going to uh, sleep with a woman by this time. He's going to have a fight with a baddie by this time. Um, there's going to be a car chase at this time. It, it, they, are, they are real cookie-cutter films. Um, it, they're just incredible. It, it's only when you watch them in sequence. And it was from that um, I realized that 
Austin Powers really didn't amp anything up. Certainly that first one uh, really didn't amp anything up, really didn't exaggerate it, really didn't, um, you know, stretch the truth. All they did was change the timing from dramatic and action to yeah. comedy. That's all they did. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, and it's incredible that that's the only change they made was um, instead of um, like a, like a dramatic music, it was, it was, it was slightly silly. That yeah. was it. And the rest of it all existed in the Bond films. <laughs> so I think the Bond films are, I think the Bond films are wild. They're all crazy. And anyone who thinks they're serious and gets excited that they might change Bond out for a woman or, or Idris Alba really needs to re-examine themselves a little bit and see what their values are because holy shit, these films are nuts. So what are we saying about Never Say Never Again? Greatness? Oh, million percent. <laughs> I think this film is fantastic. Is it dated? Yes. Is its attitudes wrong? 100%. Uh, is, it, is it silly? Yes. Is Sean Connery possibly a horrible human being? Absolutely. Is this movie greatness? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I agree. It does, it does absolutely everything it's trying to do well. Yeah. It's a good film. It's, um, the score is great. I mean, the, the freaking um, chase scene at one point is, is, done to, uh, is done to a semi-jazz score. Yes, that's right. It's amazing. How can you not love this yeah. movie? It's, it's great. Okay. We should yeah. wrap up. We've gone way over time. Well, there you go. Thank you, Craig. Eh. Thank you, listeners. We've gone way uh, over time. You, you, made, right. you made it through this far. Good job. Um, if you, hey, uh, yeah. if you know anyone who you think might like this, like this podcast, anyone who's a fan of movies, you know, chuck a, chuck a link around, share us around. Um, yeah, like and yeah, subscribe. Can to, uh, to get the yeah. word out. Hit us up and on you, social yeah, media. If you've got a movie idea for us to yeah. do next, um, hit, hit us up. Oh, 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 we have had a movie idea to oh, do what next. Was it? Someone has asked us to Oh, we shouldn't reveal. Samurai Cop. Oh, oh well, some, it's on social media. Someone, someone, someone's asked us to do Samurai Cop. Samurai Cop. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it hey, sounds like watchable Maybe we should stuff. check it out. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank right. you. Thank you, good Very friend, good. for your uh, for thank your recommendation. You. Oh, and and thank you, Mike, for stomaching a James Bond. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're very. Let's welcome. wrap up. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.